Welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 97. Greetings and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas, and uh, it's been a while, hasn't it, since we've kind of uh, sat down together and talked about some things I want to recommend and some things that are happening in the uh, coffee metal world. And uh, yeah, today's not going to be a big day. (laughs) Uh, We're super busy around here, as I'm sure you all are. And I understand it's been a few months since I have recommended anything and all that. And I'm definitely working on getting back on track with that. We have a couple really awesome recommendations today. Uh, But overall, I'm just kind of trying to wrap the year up and prepare for episode 100, which is two episodes away. Insane to think about, really. Um, But that's going to be a really, really fun episode. I have my guests all lined up. And uh, in between there, either next episode or episode after, so either 98 or 99 will be a solo episode of just me kind of yammering on about uh, my favorite things of the year, things I'm doing, things I've done, and things I'm planning to do regarding the podcast, my YouTube channel, my comic work, my music work, and as much other stuff I can fit in. Um, So there'll be some lists, some top favorite things, and some things I'm looking forward to and all oh, whole bunch whole bunch of stuff bunch of stuff so yeah enough of that kind of rambling on for all that um so I just want to say right now thanks for listening uh this past year uh, I got this Spotify rap thing that has a little slideshow of all the metrics and that's really really cool to see even though Spotify is a small section of the downloads it's still really cool to see all those metrics so I'm incredibly appreciative of all of you who have listened and uh, I can't wait to make 2023 a much much bigger year of comics coffee and metal so enough yammering around for all that i have two really cool or actually three really cool recommendations for you this week before we get into an awesome interview with marcus on nasso so get to it all right really quick for my music recommendations i have two really quick ones and that is uh first up Comalis xx from lacuna coil this is the 20th anniversary version of this album and they went and they re-recorded all the tracks and it's not just um a re-recording it's not just like they did the same songs over again with modern techniques and you know singing them as they sing now and and all that it's they've been reworked they've there's a different things happening in these songs they sound different even though they have the same you know riffs and melodies and things like that there's so many things added to this these tracks and just how they have changed as as musicians as singers over the past 20 years it's really really awesome uh i'm a fan of lacuna coil i've been a fan of theirs for about 10 12 years now and uh Comalese, more specifically uh heaven's a lie and swamped were songs that you know i really have a strong affinity for they were the ones i first listened to when i discovered them and they, they, these tracks sound just as clear as the originals and you know production wise they sound even better and it's just a really, really cool concept. Um, I'm glad they went this route as, as opposed to just kind of doing them. Because if you're going to do it, do it do it like this. So uh, if you're even remotely a fan of like gothic type metal or hard rock, uh, Lacuna Coil has, has been, is, or ever was your jam, I'm only recommending this. Um, my favorite track... To say it's heaven's a lie. That, that's that's just my go-to track on this album, on the original, and it's it's the same here. Here's a little clip of that. Something 
next up is the latest from Lorna Shore, Pain Remains. Uh, chances are you've at least heard of Lorna Shore, um, at least the name of them. If you haven't heard them themselves, they are definitely a metal deathcore type thing. And I know that's not always people's bag. That wasn't mine until fairly recently. And all I can say is like I, I did a deeper review of this on my YouTube channel. I'll link that in the show notes. But, you know, for the, for the purposes of this, it's just if I was going to tell anyone like, Oh, like metalcore deathcore stuff it's actually really good this is the album i would show them to they've simultaneously created something that is like the pinnacle of that type of genre but also with the latter half of the pain remains song trilogy of that album kind of start to show us something different somewhere that where this the genre can go and, and things they can build on with that um it's just a really stellar album uh the highlight of the entire uh, album is the singer will ramos he is just phenomenal he does so many of the metal various metal screams that difficult for one person to do well and he does them all expert you know master it, it's just ridiculous the production is just thick and pummeling and it's just really 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 great album to listen to and it's it, it's singular in my brain because with some of the death metalcore stuff i've, I've listened to it doesn't fatigue me when I'm done listening to it. My ears aren't like, oh my God, I need to break from this shit. I need to go listen to something much lighter or nothing at all. Um, they they did a really great job of making this something that you can just, you know, start from track one right all over again. And uh, that's, that's pretty awesome, I think. So uh, it, it is really, really hard to choose a song off of this album. Uh, I'm just going to go with Sun Eater it's it's a great track it's a very popular track off the album but yeah it is definitely something that lets you know what this album can do and what it sounds like so Lorna Shore Pain Remains definitely check this one out In 2017, Universal Studios announced The Dark Universe, an ambitious project that would see all of their classic movie monsters come together like some kind of horror Avengers. Only one movie was ever made, which bombed so hard they canceled the entire franchise. But what if they hadn't? On our podcast, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe, we imagine the connected horror universe that never was. Every week, one of us pitches the other on the next movie in the universe until we grow to Marvel proportions and beyond. 
So far, we've tackled Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more, and we're just getting started. Follow along on your favorite podcast app and ask yourself the question, Are you afraid of the dark universe? All right, my comic book recommendation this week is a quick one, but it's an excellent one. It is Know Your Station, number one, from Boom Studios. It is written by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Liana Kangas, colored by Rebecca Nolte, and lettered by Cardinal Ray. Station is about a space station owned by the Avulsion Corporation that houses the world's wealthiest people who have escaped Earth as it decays from climate destruction. And we follow the main character, Elise, who is the security liaison. And she is tasked with, you know, finding a serial killer who is on board and killing all the rich people. That in itself is enough of a hook for this book for me. Um, It's also really bolstered by the fact that the the world building that uh, Sarah Gailey does with this story is really, really cool. You're introduced to a lot of concepts really fast, but it's done in that really cool way, the really great way where it's just like you're just kind of figured out as the characters go along. Nothing's, you're not held aside for the first page where they kind of just give you like here we are where it is which is done as a really cool nod to like a, an employee video <laughs> training video which i think if you're going to do some type of exposition that way they do it right uh especially given the uh the our main character's point of view and things like that so really great first issue setting up the world setting up the mystery setting up the the arc of the series and uh, I'm I'm really really becoming a huge fan of just these independent miniseries where uh, I know Boom's a big company comparatively, but it, it's still you know it's not Marvel or DC. It's a unique original story, and I'm just becoming more fans of these because it's it's just something that you know I like having a story that has a hook and there's going to be an end to it. You know, this like a while ago I I talked about the deadliest bouquet. Uh, that's coming out from Image Comics. That that was an excellent series. That you know, it's something that just different comics. And as I, I guess as my differences change as I age, um, I'm looking for things that are that are different. And this is definitely in my wheelhouse. Um, as much as the writing is awesome and just you know feels very fluid, and natural, and the the story setup and the world building is just at a really really great level. Uh, I think one of the biggest stars of the show is the artwork from Liana Kangas and Rebecca Nolte. Uh, I'm a fan of Liana's. She's been on the show. She's a bud. And as much as I liked her work in True Cult, which was almost like a comparatively to this as just, you know, the coloring uh, that was done there from Gab Contreras, it, just the, the change of is so drastic in the, the vibe and feel of Liana's lines that it's really cool when that happens. That's why I think colorists are just, you know, the forever unsung heroes of comic because they can take the same artist who obviously has improved and um, leveled up and, and is getting better and better all the time, but also just changing the vibe and the feel of it. Rebecca does this thing with the pages where I guess it might be like a half thing or something on the page, but they, but I'm reading a PDF, but it feels like I'm reading newsprint. Like it just the, this, the the way the colors get muted a bit, and there's this kind of this texture over everything. And overall, the combo of Liana and Rebecca, it reminds me of a like if you showed me like a still from without any context, and said, "Hey, this is yeah, this is a cell from like that really cool animated you know sci 
movie from like 1981, I'd be like, oh, is I've never heard of it. I, I need to see this. This looks awesome. And, you know, some people might not like that person, but to me, that's as high as compliment as I can imagine. It's just one of those things where like you come across it, you know, almost like, you know, the heavy metal movie or things like that, where it's just like, this is some cool shit, man. <laughs> and just the, uh, the, the vibe and the feel and the aesthetics of everything really, really fit the story. And I'm excited to see where it so yeah, Know Your Station from Boom Studios. All the info for that will be in the show notes. Hey there, do you like comics? How about hearing from creators who make comics? Then welcome to No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Think about it like a book club for the super rad. Each week I sit down with a new fellow comics creator and we pick a book with both red and love and gush about it for an hour, as well as our love for the craft in general. Does that sound good to you? Then look for No Capes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and all those good podcast places, and at No Capes Show on all social media. See you there. All right, it is now time for my guest. Today, I am joined by the incredibly talented writer and podcaster, Marcusan Nasso. Marcusan, thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Don. I really appreciate it. Stoked to talk about comics coffee metal <laughs> yes yes you are quite prepared as uh, we chat a little bit before the show uh but before we get into your really really awesome comic work like voracious and by the horns and your uh really fun podcast uh metalheads podcast and all the other awesome things you do i gotta ask comics coffee metal what are you digging right now yeah you gotta ask i'm looking forward to this i have i have a long list i got lots of stuff to talk we about got time. so let's do it i'm doing it in order i'm gonna do comics first all right so for comics, I tend to read a lot of weird indie comics. So the first one that I've really been enjoying and I've been enjoying it over and over is this one shot comic called Temple by Jack T. Cole. And it's almost a completely wordless comic published by Shortbox. It's about a, a wolf who journeys through lush lands to a magical temple floating in the sky. And I've read this temple book at least 30 times because I just love Jack's mystical artwork, his storytelling. And there's just this really unique feeling of space and a sense of this massive world, even though Jack doesn't really tell you anything about the world that you're in. Um, so I think that's pretty remarkable to read a book that can just world build visually. And if I could draw... I draw a little bit, but if I could really draw, this is the kind of book that I would try to make. So um, I always push this book because, you know, it kind of flies under the radar. Jack's done some image books and stuff like that, but this is the one that he's done all by himself. Okay. So yeah, definitely check it out. I believe it's still available on Shortbox to buy. Um, I've also been rereading Fangs by Sarah Anderson. Yeah. And uh, you read that one. Um, it's on my it's on my list. Oh, you got to get to it. It's great. Yeah. So it's this little hardcover book of humor and romance between a vampire named Elsie and a werewolf named Jimmy. And it's a series of short comics, almost like strips, about these two creatures of the night getting to know each other, doing mundane, datey things and domestic things and like enjoying horror films together or taking strolls or dining out. But everything gets twisted or filtered through their particular sensibilities. So Jimmy is basically like a big dog. And Elsie <laughs> is a hunter who thinks 
about how she can kill everything in the world. So it's just it's charming and sweet and it's just funny as hell. And if you want something that will make you smile, make you chuckle, make you want to hug everything, yeah. uh, pick up fangs. Even if you don't care for vampires or werewolves, you'll like this because I'm not the biggest vampire or werewolf guy. You know, mm-hmm. I get tired of that stuff because we've seen it for years yeah. and years. But this is something different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it the way they way she filters it and turns it into this sweet, believable romance with with just quirky vibe. I I can't get enough of it. Well, I'm. I would be shocked if anyone listening has not come across her uh, Sarah Scribbles uh, mm-hmm. uh, webcomic and knowing that, you know, their sense of humor there is just, you know, impeccable. But uh, yeah, I, Fangs has been on my list for, for quite a while, actually. I, I have too long of a list of things to get to. But like, I remember one preview I read was, like, I think uh, he's trying to get a selfie with them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I think, uh, was it? He's like, telling his friends like dude i have a girlfriend and he's like let's take a selfie and like <laughs> and he takes he yeah, makes a picture and it's just up. him like leaning in <laughs> yeah. and it's just like yeah ah like it's such like yeah of course that's what would happen but it's just like such like a you know just the, finding like that unique spin on the obvious joke of that yeah. it's just like hilarious and yeah you gotta it's, get it's it done because it's a it's a really quick read like you you'll read it super fast and you won't put it down yeah it's one of those books like once as soon as you open it and get to that first story, you, you're not going to stop. So, you know, I know there's a lot of comics out there, but I'm just telling you, just buy that one and just open it as soon as you get it because <laughs> you're going to enjoy it and then you're going to want to come back to it just to feel good, just to have something, <laughs> just to smile. You know, that's what I like about it. I wonder if it's, uh, do you know if it's available digitally at all? Uh, it's free on our website, actually. I oh, think. Okay. I'm pretty well, sure. Maybe, well, I'm not positive, but. Okay. It well, should be available digitally, I think. But yeah, most of my most of my reading is done digitally these days, uh, just due to space issues. But if I have oh, to, yeah, <laughs> if I have, I to used buy, to like digital, buy. and then Comicsology became a hellscape, yeah. and so I don't, I don't bother. Yeah, it yeah. Um, I haven't experienced too much of that, just because so much of my reading these days have been stuff people have been sending me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, which, which I certainly am, is not a complaint because uh, I know lots of people who make lots of awesome books. Uh, you being no exception, being super generous, sending uh, the all the by the horn stuff, which we'll get to, but is awesome. And Thank so, you. yeah, it's just like why well, I, I got all these awesome comments by people I know or kind of know or i'm going to going to end mm-hmm. up knowing so you know for me it's like i'm going to go over to that first because that just has yeah. a, a greater pull to me but yeah I, I definitely will we'll move it up a few notches well and you also do the podcast so you want to yeah. read that stuff and so it's available yeah. for me like i i actually get digital books from publishers and things even publishers i don't work with because i used to do um you know like freelance writing yeah. and uh uh, articles and, and reviews and stuff like that. So I still get PDFs from companies, but I don't tend to read them that much because I mm-hmm. like print. Um, I like my my fire, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I just there's something about print that I enjoy more, um, and yeah. and I read it more because it's right here. I have I have the spinner rack of comics right next to me, mm-hmm. and so I can see it, and that's what I now. If I go on a trip or something, I'm gonna bring. Yeah. my kindle fire and, and read books that way but yeah yeah i'm i 
my digital is more out of necessity because you know since i have the mm-hmm. nicer ipad because i draw on i you know got the pro to draw on mm-hmm. um reading comics on there, it's beautiful reading comics on there i will never say it replaces print i will always have that special place in my heart like print is it and there's yeah. still plenty of books i've read digitally where i'm like i have to get the printed version of this eventually to have in my collection yeah yeah um yeah. which you know is one of the many things like i'm like i have to get to this and do this but um <laughs> yeah but for sure yeah and also with the podcast i haven't done it in a couple months now because just timing issues and different uh versions of the format of the show i do i usually do comic book rec- uh, you know i recommend a comic and an album every episode or i try nice. to yep um and so that was doing huge amounts for me to like getting to read stuff and like trying to seek stuff out and finally read things I've been meaning to read, but I just haven't had a chance to do that lately. And I'm hoping with, you know, the end of the year coming and all that to kind of, uh, really dive back in and get all that going and picking all that back up because I got my 100th episode coming soon and I kind of want to like, you know, get, get the train back on the, <laughs> on the rails. Oh, you got to for the big one. Yeah, yeah, you know, I got my guests all lined up and all that, so I'm like, what am I going to do for the 100th episode and all these questions? I'm like, well, first off, maybe just keep doing the thing people seem to like you doing. So mm-hmm. obviously do that first because I am very much of the, if it ain't broke, I'm going to try to fix it. Right. Uh, <laughs> mindset sometimes, so yeah. That's for awesome. Sure, for sure. So is that it for the comics or do you have oh, plenty no, more? Man, to I got through? some more. I got all right, let's get a couple more. more. So you may, you actually may know these creators because you live in the area, uh, but I've been reading this book called The Santos Sisters by Greg and Fake, and they're from the Chicago area. Um, um, it's I'm published. I'm aware of them. I don't know them. I'm aware of them, though. I've okay. seen them. I, do we follow each other? It might be like, you know, oh, social media mutuals that don't interact type of thing. Right. Um, I don't remember exactly. But yeah, I remember the name. I think, did they do stuff with Ryan Brown for a while? Um, they may have, I just, I just discovered them. So I know now that they've been working with other people in the area, in the Chicago area okay, and doing covers and things like that. But, um, um, I don't know if uh, they did with Ryan Brown. It's definitely possible. Um, but their book, the Santos sisters, it's published by floating world comics. And I, I got the recommendation from the owner of howling pages, which is a comic shop around the corner from me. Um, it sells weird indie books and mm-hmm. like foreign comics. And uh, uh, Elaine is the uh, the guy who runs it. And he's awesome. And he told me about this book. So Santos Sisters is this hilarious, subversive, Archie style superhero book with a Gen X bent to it about mm-hmm. two sisters who gain powers and get into trouble. They fight a dick shaped Yeti cosplayer called <laughs> Snow Crotch in issue one. So I don't know what you what else you need to know. Uh, but that, that's enough to sell me. So like I said, they're local creators. So that's always nice to see. Great to support them. Um, Howling pages actually did a release party for the book. So I got to meet them and get them some of the books signed. Um, I think there's two issues out. It doesn't come out monthly. It's like, uh, maybe quarterly or something like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, um, the two issues that are out there, they're large size books. So I definitely would wreck them and recommend them. They're really fun. Awesome. And then, um, so I decided to do a couple mainstream books on here since most of my reading is weird indie. So there's two mainstream books that I'm going to mention before we move on. And that's a uh, Punisher, the maxi series by Jason Aaron, Paul mm-hmm. as a Seta, 
I don't know how to say his name. And I think it's Jesus Azuceta. Azuceta. I could be completely wrong there too. Yeah. Okay. But and, I, he, I, uh, and Jesus Saez? Saez? Okay. I don't know. Anyways, this is great. Punisher is the leader of the ninja assassin clan, The Hand. And that sounded like a really odd premise when it was announced. But reading it, it works so, so well. I, I love Jason Aaron's writing. Um, I actually gave him a bottle of mead, which is why <laughs> mead is in Thor, because he had never had it before. Nice. So he credited me uh, in the book. But um, yeah, I love his writing and uh, I love Punisher. But to me, it's always like Garth Ennis is the only guy mm. who can do Punisher uh, you know, justice. Yeah. But this is a really good miniseries so far. <laughs> so, And there's like maybe uh, seven issues out, I think. So it's good. I, I never, I think I started reading the original one that Jason Aaron did because he did follow Ennis back in the day. And, um, but I kind of fell off of that one. Um, so I don't, okay. I don't know where that went to, but this new series is great. And the artwork's really good in it too. And then the yeah, last yeah, one, I'll, I'll go ahead, Don, what were you going to say? No, I said uh, Paul, Paul, as I said, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's stellar. So, yeah, I would highly recommend that, you know, even if you're kind of put off by the premise or you haven't read Punisher in a while, it's definitely worth your time. It's a good one. And then the last one is also a Marvel book, um, Black Panther by John Ridley with art by Juan Cabal. And I haven't heard anyone talk about this book, but I just caught up on it. I just read 12 issues in one sitting and I really loved it. It's a long first arc about how Black Panther has these Wakandan spies that are stationed in countries around the world in mm-hmm. case shit goes down or he needs to start some shit. Oh. But somebody finds his list of agents and starts killing them all. Hmm. So T'Challa sets out to bring home the ones that are still alive and to find out who compromised them. But the thing is, he doesn't foresee the consequences of having embedded spies in these places for so long. And they've been there so long that they've assimilated. They have families, and they just aren't as diehard Wakanda forever as they once were. So I really like the way Ridley plays off that and shows Panther thinking about that and regretting his actions for multiple reasons leaving his soldiers out there without contact for all that time, putting them in extreme danger because now they're getting murdered uh, and not considering how their personal lives matter. You know, it's, it was more about the state for him. How do we make sure that Wakanda is defended? How do we make sure that if, if we need to, we can attack. And uh, so I like that part of it because, um, you know, it harkens back to, uh, Black Panther as this ruler who has to make these decisions, and he doesn't always make the right ones, even though he had good intentions for his own country. So it's a really good story. It's almost like a superhero version of the Americans. I don't know if you ever watched that, Don, but it's that is an amazing TV show. It's one of my favorites. It's like I don't have a lot of perfect television shows, but to me that's perfect. Like I wouldn't change one thing in that show in any of the I, I've heard a lot of great things about that show, and you know. The uh, the upside is like there's so many amazing shows. Like whenever my wife and I are like, oh, we should you know we finish one show. We're like, let's start a new show. It's like you know, 
you can't really lose picking something. But yeah. the downside is uh for us anyway, is uh you know, our kids, you know, there's there's only so much time we have <laughs> to right, watch right. anything after they go to sleep and all that. And then I'm usually working um on comics or podcast stuff or whatever uh after that. So our our time is super limited, but it is definitely one of those ones where um I know we're gonna get to eventually like that and like was it um Yeah, when your kids are old yeah. and they're out of the yeah. house. Go yeah, back or, to it because you're going to love it. Yeah. Or they're old enough to like, you know, be around while we're watching that show. Right, right, right. But yeah, so man. Awesome but enough. Black Panther is cool. Like I don't read a lot of superhero books. And, um, you know, I picked it up because I like John Ridley. I remember he wrote this authority graphic novel years ago that I liked. And of course, he's like an Academy Award winning yeah. uh, creator. But um it's 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 quite good. Plus, I think the fact that the movie came out maybe like, oh, I gotta I gotta read these books. A lot of times, what I do is I'll buy these comic books and then I f- just don't read them. I, it takes me, I'll just be really busy and then I forget to read comics and they kind of build up and then I have to read them all at once. So um, the new movie that came out kind of prompted me. It's like, oh, I gotta I should read those Black Panther comics, and awesome. I was very pleasantly surprised by how good the story is. Yeah, I, you know, for I think I want to say for these past few years, my reading has been skewed all independent, all uh, just non Marvel DC stuff. As but yeah, I try to dip my toes in from here or there, um, but I think what was it? I think this this uh, holiday season, I'll be asking Santa for the Marvel Unlimited subscription to try to catch up on some things. Oh because yeah, I, yeah, you know. I'm an old school X-Men fan from the nineties. Like oh, nice. anyone my age, it was probably, <laughs> and you know, I've heard a lot of great things about the most recent run that I want to check out. And, you know, occasionally something like the Punisher run or the black Panther run people tell me about. And I'm like, I, I got to catch up. I got to do this and yeah. check it out. So I'm a big old school X-Men fan too. I've actually been a guest on the, the gray Malkin lane podcast recently. I've done like four episodes or something. And we get to talk mm-hmm. about obscure villains and <laughs> X-Men. It's been super fun. Who's your favorite like, X, uh, obscure X-Men villain? Uh, my favorite ever. And I tried to do a cast on gray Malkin lane about this, but he's only had like the one appearance is I scream. He's, like, he's this guy. <laughs> He's only in this, I think he's only in one issue. It's Obnoxio the Clown, who we ended up talking about, who has like nine appearances in the X-Men. And um, Obnoxio basically attacks the X-Men in there, and uh, uh, but also Ice Cream's in it, and he's, he's a mutant who can change into different flavors of ice cream. <laughs> so he, like, he melts and like goes under the X-Mansion and like <laughs> fucks with all their... Uh, their computers and stuff because he wants to get at them. And at the same time, Obnoxio is there and they think he's a threat as well. And, uh, he's just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) so yeah, he's, he's my favorite, but now I've, you know, if I was looking for my all time favorite ax villain, it's probably apocalypse. I mean, it's, it's hard to deny like him being one that, you know, S tier X-Men villain. Like yeah, it's like the when you know people don't understand like this day like when Age of Apocalypse happened, like most kids my age, teenage, whatever, like we're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, is this what it is now? Like, because things were crazy enough back then to where like 
is this the status quo? Like, is this what's happening now? Yeah. Like, everything changed for like an entire summer. I know. I love that too. Because you didn't and, know. You had no yeah. idea. And you didn't have yeah. the internet to like check and see what people were saying. You just had yeah, to go yeah. with the ride. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay. But now this, you know, these days, like, it's just, you know, everyone's gonna be like, oh, it's, it's going to be, you, you know, you, you kind of been through the ringer a few times, like it's going to go right back to normal or whatever. But yeah, it was so crazy. Like, I just remember like, even back when like Magneto ripped out Wolverine's adamantium, like that was mm-hmm. so nuts. It was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I love Magneto too, but he's such a waffler. It's uh, too much of a waffler for me. Yeah. No, you know, no, it's like, make a choice. I, like I, I, I don't. I can't take you serious if you if you can't actually make a decision. No, Magneto is definitely not one of my favorite X Men villains. My favorite obscure villain is the Executioner. Um, oh wow, interesting. Uh, just because it's like it's just like you know a dude who got a bunch of weapons. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to be the Executioner and go after the X Men. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I just like I just like the uh, the. And I think, you know, I may be mistaken, but every, like every appearance I read with him, he's just like instantly gets his ass kicked. Like, <laughs> it's just like, as he keep, should keep trying, dude, keep trying. Um, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Like his debut was drawn by like John Romita Jr. And like the height of his X-Men powers. Oh, he you was know, so good. It was, it was like such a good looking book. Um, and man, and, John Romita Jr. is like one of my favorites. Cause Daredevil's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And his run with Anne Nascenti, just yeah, I love yeah. his Daredevil, and yeah. that period was really good. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's still a good penciler, but there was something too about the newsprint, the way his mm-hmm. art looked on newsprint. Oh, There's certain it, artists who just yeah. it looks better, like Scott McDaniel's another one, just looks the, way yeah. better than on glossy paper. He is definitely one of those artists to where like nothing. I wouldn't say anything looks bad these days, but it definitely like that's like the medium of the news of the newsprint and the coloring. Yeah. Uh, even as, you know, even when they got a little bit fancier with the coloring after some digital stuff came in, it was still like, just like it fit him so well. It, it just mm-hmm. worked so well. And he's definitely had like high points since in terms of his art, but yeah, it's just like the, 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 the look, the overall look is, I mean, we, we had it pretty good back then. Like we had John Romita jr. We had the Cuberts yeah. on Xbox. Adam Kubert, you know, you know, really good. Yeah. Any, any given day. Like he's, I think he's the better of the Kubert brothers in my book, but he's also the most inconsistent. <laughs> in Adam, yeah, he did. Um, and he did the Hulk too. Yeah. Peter yeah. Gibbons run the Hulk's one of my favorites and he did, uh, run late into the late in the, in the series. So yeah. who's your favorite X-Men artist then of all time? All time. That's, that's a real rough one. Um, I want to say, just in general, probably Mark Silvestri. Hey, me too. You know, it's, uh, he was my guy. Like my brother was mm-hmm. the Jim Lee guy and Silvestri was, I was the Silvestri guy in the family. And yeah. when image hit and all that, like we, we really got into comics, like just like maybe like a year or two into image. So, uh, launching and all that. So we were like, you know, we couldn't afford to get the back issues, <laughs> of, yeah. like, the, the earlier stuff, but we could still like jump in. Like I remember, I, I think I jumped in when Cyberforce became a regular series. Right, that's when I jumped in. Um, I couldn't afford the miniseries that came with it, but then, um, but yes, I was like Cyberforce Top Cow. Like at one point, I I was buying everything Top Cow. Yeah, just like, everything. I just love Sylvester's because he did yeah. the Australian Outback stories, yeah. and that's when I got into X Men. The X Men mm-hmm. Two Fifty One was my first 
issue, it's the one it's like purple and Wolverines on that X cross pinned to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he has to fend off the Reavers and everything. Yeah. So, you know, obviously yeah, one of your first ones, you're going to have that kind of nostalgia factor, but I just thought he was just an amazing draftsman, you know, just the way he drew the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love those, those he, he stories. Like the, Jim Lee was also really good, but yeah, there's, oh, no, no, do, yeah there's, there's no denying Jim Lee's, you know, excellence or influence yeah. on the, um, for me, like Sylvester, like, cause I started with like Wolverine Sylvester, like that's yeah. when, but even then, like my, I, when I was buying Wolverine, <clears throat> Sylvester wasn't on the book. It was uh Mark Texiera and which was some wild ass shit, like in that book <laughs> at that point. Um, and, uh, but going back and like seeing Sylvester's work on there and then seeing his X-Men stuff, like he quickly became like my guy. And, uh, I think he's like the perfect bridge between that like seven, late seventies style to the current or, you know, early eighties uh, yeah. art style to the current Jim Lee type style. And then when he like started adopting the, you know, the hatch, the more the hatching and stuff like that, the more the Jim Lee dynamicism to things, you know, he just exploded. And now he just like, and then he started, uh, what was the anchor? A uh, bat, Matt Banning, I think is the name of it, but, bat mm-hmm. the inker he right. started inking him that's when he started doing that more scratchy style and all that and that's he lost me for a little bit there but then it, then it hooked me again so, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah yeah and now um, he's doing a batman, batman joker thing yeah that i think it's been on, in the works for like 10 years or whatever but yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's, he's the guy who like i've read enough been watched enough image stuff uh, uh documentaries and panels and stuff where like they're everyone there is like oh no he's the best yeah <laughs> that's the best true they he's all the best say that all of us uh just because you know I wish he did more over the years. Yeah, you know, you know I understand. Like, because I, I, I'm 100 sure it was in one of the image documentaries. But he was kind of done with comics. Like, yeah, because he did X Men. Then he moved to Wolverine. He's like, well, you know, it's like not that it was. He considered like what he did at Wolverine less or whatever. He's like, that's not X Men was it. Like that was the pinnacle. Like, what do you do now? Yeah, and he like, did so, come back because he did a. I think it was four issues of Grant Morrison's. Yeah, he did like the X-Men. future, the future one. Yeah. That was yeah. really exciting when he came on that. Mm-hmm. That was a good round of books. Yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 we've uh, uh, segued uh, terribly. <laughs> Wait, from, we're still in comics. Yeah, we're still in comics. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let, let's 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 write the ship a little bit. So let's talk. Mm-hmm. We're going to order. Let's talk about coffee. You sent me a preview of what you're what you're enjoying today. So let everybody know what you're uh, what you're getting down on. Well, actually, I just finished this, and it's called a crushing mass barrel aged coffee stout from Three Floyds. Now, Three Floyds is a pretty famous brewery out here. It's actually in Indiana, yeah. which is just a suburb of Chicago. Um. I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> they have really good so. beer and they make really good stouts. And it was like 15.1%. So I have to get the next beer because I, I literally just finished it right now. <laughs> so I'll get it after I do coffee. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wanted to have some coffee beers. I had a dead poet beer too. That wasn't that great. So it's not worth mentioning, but this crushing okay. mass, if you can get it, um, delicious. You know, it's I've like had double coffee actually in it. I've had all types on here, but this is the first coffee beer on the Are show. You serious? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've had you know people who don't drink coffee, people who drink you know tea to uh, decaf only to you know seltzer wow. to whatever. I feel into all kinds of roasts. You've like, done a lot of casts, and it, yeah. you do them at night. 
I'm shocked yeah. no one's drinking beer. All right, I got to get the other beer then. I'm going to go get right. the, the other one. I'll be right back in like a minute. Right. Interesting. So um, I'm going to keep going because I don't feel like editing this. So uh, yeah, Marcuson sent an image of the three beers <laughs> he was going to be uh, prepping for the show. And I, I'm really surprised I haven't ha- had a beer person on yet. Maybe I did and I just don't remember, but... Uh, I don't. I don't think I've had coffee beer at the very least on while this is happening. And uh, again, once again, I'm terrible at vamping, but you know, right, I don't feel like editing. And here, Marcus on's back. I was just telling back. everybody how I don't feel like editing later, so I'm just going to keep talking and about how you sent me the picture and all that. <laughs> I listened to one where you um, talked to maybe his Aubrey or something. And yeah, he, Aubrey. He yeah, Aubrey was the last one. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a lot faster than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aubrey, Aubrey was gone for a minute, but uh, I understood we we went unexpectedly long in that episode. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was really good. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, great. I, I had to go and get this. This is one of my all-time favorite coffee stouts, and it's the Sump, S-U-M-P, from Perennial Artisan Ales. And it's Imperial Stout with coffee. And uh, I think this is a variant where they used a little bit different coffee than normal. Let's see where it says it, though. But it's delicious. It's so rich. And um, I can't believe I'm the only one who's ever had coffee beer on here. It's the first thing I thought of when you invited me on this cast. Yeah, I'm trying to think like who who might like maybe Mike Norton, but no, I don't think no. Do you know he what just it had is? A beer on. I don't think he had a coffee beer. I think he just had like a beer. You know what it is, Don? I'm just I'm a lot more <laughs> metal. That's all it, it is. It is. You know, um, it's I, I don't proclaim myself to be the most metalist person in the land, mm-hmm. uh, but I can. You know, I will easily say that uh, you are far more metal than I. <laughs> um, you know what? It's just awesome that you have a podcast that's dedicated to comics, coffee, and metal. I think that's I'm, amazing. I'm Three still of my shocked. Like things. I was able. To, I'm still shocked. Like I couldn't find it when I was when I first had this idea for the mm. whatever brand, whatever you want to call it, a few years ago. I'm like still shocked. It's like not. It wasn't taken up already. Like there's coffee and comics and like, yeah. you know, coffee and metal. I'm like, no one's taking, you know, granted it, having these in three incredibly niche things um, doesn't exactly lend to like the world's largest listenership, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I am incredibly grateful for the people I do have because they get yeah. it. They know it. You know? No, it's perfect. And, and everyone, I, you know, most people I talk to have the same, you know, you know, I'm, I'm bolstered by the fact that like everyone's like, this is yes. Three things. Perfect. This is the perfect, mm-hmm. like three topics to like chat about. So right. now Don, do you drink coffee on the cast or are you drinking I'm coffee, drinking coffee right now, sir? You are. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a teetotaler, sir. I don't, I don't drink uh, booze, but that's just a personal preference. Not a, mm-hmm. not a, I guess, uh, uh, you're not condemning like, me for drinking. I'm, you know, no, I'm not making alcohol. any sort of statement with it. I just, uh, I just like my coffee. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What, what are um, you drinking? No, I'll tell you what I, I like. Uh, listeners will know I'm most likely drinking some rootless, damn fine blend coffee. Uh, this is my. This is our daily coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried quite a few good ones recently. That uh, occasionally on the show, I'll try to recommend a coffee as well. Um, but we get this in like five pound bags, like every other month. So you know, I try not to. Um, I try to like try a different one. You know, every other month or so. To, I've had a lot of great, like, Stumptown coffees. Those have been Yeah, like those are really good. From Seattle? Yeah. Th- since, since I know uh, my coffees. 
Yeah, since Target started carrying them, uh, yep. they've been consistent. You know, everyone I've tried has been consistently good. Um, the uh, two brothers, the yeah, Chicago yep. area. Yep, uh, I have really that good. coffee. Um, there's you can a, get it at Costco in like giant bags, actually. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, was it? There's one. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, Chick, uh, Illinois roasters. One was um, oh maple leaf roasters. I want to say, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, another one, they, they, they had some really good stuff and it, it's, I mean, most of the time when I'm getting coffee from somebody, I don't expect it to be bad. Like there's so, like the craft is like, you know, widely known out there. So many, there's like so many great little roasters out there. It's just, it's just interesting to see like who has what kind of tweaks to what they do. What, what's like, I usually try to get like what they're usual everyday blend is like whatever like the closest thing to that type of blend they have because like mm-hmm. it's always different right. in some way like these people like they're you know they think the, the 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 regular morning blend should be more citrusy this one you know, think this should be a little bit darker roast a little bit like this and um i think the the best one is i've had is rootless you know and that's huh. uh to try that they're no, awesome. They are co-founded by uh, John O'Diener, who's also a comic book writer and drummer. Um, and he's an awesome dude. Had him on the show. I've got the book mm-hmm. him for at, you know because of the coffee. My buddy Kelly Williams did the art for their dark roast, which is the best dark roast I've ever had. Um, and I'm, I'm I more like a dark, dark roast, roast guy, um, but it has to be like you know it has to be like a really good like chocolatey kind of dark roast. It can't be too. Okay too overly overly um bitter i know some people like that with the combining things and all that but uh yeah i'm not a big fan of dark roast because i i feel like it it tastes bitter or burnt yeah and i don't i feel like the flavors they advertise don't come through in a dark coffee yeah that's my wife uh, yeah that's that's the kicker that's the kicker a lot of dark roast they don't it does whatever they're saying doesn't come through no and And that's why yeah well that's good I mean, I will try it and, and I will mix it sometimes, but, um, my wife, Trace and I, we mainly drink medium roast and light yeah. roast with big bodies mm-hmm. and medium to low acidity. Yeah. So less of the fruity style coffees mm-hmm. and more of the chocolatey nutty flavors. Mm-hmm. And then we make our coffee stronger than normal. So okay. it gives it a, a rich, a more rich flavor, a bigger body and the, and that comes through a lot yeah. more. Um, so yeah, I used to try to get dark roast, and then every time it just, it just, I didn't get those flavors. And then I started going to the, the roast underneath that medium mm-hmm. and light, and it, it just it changed everything. Well, so then we, I, yeah, I, I have a recommendation for you, just okay. based on what you're telling me here. Okay, go for it. So, man. what is it? Um, definitely try the rootless damn fine blend. That is like the best medium roast coffee I've ever had. Like okay. hands down, it is, it hits a lot of the notes you're talking about. It isn't uh citrusy, you know, and if you brew it stronger, it, a lot of the flavor notes that they have in there, you know, uh, they don't like brown sugar, molasses and like hazelnut and like sweet nutty kind of stuff. It definitely comes through for me. Um, okay. there's, that's really good. They also, they have another medium rose called out of your element. All right. I'm writing these uh, down. Is, which is a Costa Rican coffee, so it's going to be like it has like a touch of that citrus. I don't like citrus in the coffee. Like I don't like that top end kind of flavor uh, with the citrus. But this, I think, it, it's not very. It, it it doesn't really hit that like level. 
Mm-hmm. It, it, it's very, it's a different kind of medium roast, but it's also very, very good. It's something, you know, easily drink all day. Okay. You know? And where do you get this rootless from? Uh, rootless Can coffee. I get it easily? Dot com. Um, or, you know, um, what was it? It's uh, yeah, rootless coffee. I'm sure they com. have their own website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're based out of Flint, Michigan. Um, I think they've got a black Friday kind of sale thing happening. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll yeah, try they're, they're really, they got like a little sampler pack too that you can get. Like, cool. They're like, I joke that they should sponsor me, but like, you know, I talk about it all the time just because it's my favorite. They should. Why has it not happened? <laughs> uh, Make probably, it happen, Don. Probably because I probably need like a few thousand listeners to like get them to like <laughs> oh, say, I guess okay, that's true. it's probably worth uh, sending you some coffee for free. Right, um, right. Also, they know they got me. They know they got me. Like, Yeah, I'm you're going to talk about them regardless. They don't really exactly. need to sponsor so. you. <laughs> you're but free yeah, promotion yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love, I mean, I love coffee. Make it every morning. Uh, my wife and I, we buy local coffee and here in Chicago. And usually we get it from Dark Matter. Yeah. Right now we're drinking a coffee called, I think it's Agua. Okay. Uh, but we also like Metropolis coffee here. That's and good. then yeah, also yeah. you have, and we used to get the five pound bags from a place called Collectivo, which started in Wisconsin, but they actually have shops here in Chicago now. Okay. And that coffee is really good. It's all fair trade and um, they do a lot of like programs to, to help the people who grow the, the coffee, which I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a, we have a new house. So I lived in the Chicago area for about 20 years. And then the pandemic, we moved to Hawaii for two and a half years, and now we're back in Chicago, and uh, we have a house. So we actually put up shelves recently and made a coffee nook in the kitchen. <laughs> nice. So we have the coffee maker, the grinder, because you got to have beans. Yeah. I got to grind them every morning. And we have this fancy-ass container that holds a big bag of coffee with a seal-tight lid and a magnetic <laughs> scoop that attaches to it. So we're snobs. For freaking coffee nice, snobs. Nice. And then above it on the shelf, we have two baskets for bags of coffee and whatever accessories. So, yeah, we're serious about our coffee. And we usually go local. But sometimes, you know, you find it like this place in Michigan that you're talking about, Rootless. You know, we found Collectivo and really like that. So, um, Stumptown is also quite good. Yeah. And Blue yeah. Bottle in California. I quite like that coffee as well. Um, so, Yeah. Coffee's good. And I love coffee stouts, as I'm drinking right now, are some of my favorites. There's just something about the way coffee goes with a stout that I that I really enjoy. Awesome. Yeah, I was, you know, you answered the question, but I was gonna ask you, like, what's your daily coffee situation look like? And you are definitely uh you definitely got that handle. I definitely want to try some dark matter. Because uh, yeah. uh my parents still live in Chicago, so we drive by their um we drive into Chicago every now and then. So I always want to like swing by whatever like local shop I see that has their own roasts <laughs> happening. Yeah, stuff man. Like that. Uh, Love um, Supreme's a really good one. Um, Cali Dodd, that's another really good one. Oh, man. I don't know. They're all real good. Yeah. So you can't go wrong. That's, I think that's my favorite coffee place here in Chicago is Dark Matter. It's my go-to. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I think, we did I think coffee. We, covered, we did I, it. I think we got it covered. I think we got it pretty well covered. So <laughs> let's get, let's get on to the, to the big, the big honker of the episode, which I'm sure will be. Metal. Yes. That is some good old metal. Uh, what kind of metal have you been digging lately, sir? Yeah. So let's get into my second job, which is listening to metal. 
<laughs> so I, I'm a host on the Metalheads podcast, and we get a ridiculous amount of promos. And I'm always on the hunt to find new metal gems on on Bandcamp primarily. I love Bandcamp. Um, and this year is just stuffed with great metal. So um, my cat Zoso and I have spent a lot of time listening to records. And uh, my listening has actually increased lately because in about a month, the boys on the Metalheads podcast and I will be recording uh, our year-end episode which features our top 25 albums of 2022. So I have to work on my list. I work on it all year, <laughs> but you know how it goes, man. It's yeah, just... yeah. There's so much, there's so there much. How, and then how do you, how do you whittle it down? Like what, how do you decide like this doom metal album is better than this, you know, tech death metal album? Like how do you, how do you rank that? I, I keep <laughs> listening to it. You know, you know how it is when you listen to music, how does it affect you? Yeah. You know, are you giving it multiple spins, you know, or is it something you listen to like, and you thought that was good, but you're not returning to it, you know? Um, But yeah, ranking is always hard because you might have a feeling for each, like if there's two bands or something that put out albums, you you might have a deep feeling for both of those. And how do you rank them above it? You just, I don't know. It just happens at certain point. You just have to make a decision and you know, the next day it could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do the cast, you know, you have to make a commitment to it and, and, and we do, and there's always, always albums that I miss, which is crazy to me because I feel like I listen to more metal than anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Cause mm-hmm. once you factor in like band camp, it's like, Oh God, like yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you sift through everything? How do you catch up? You don't, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you know, that, that's the thing. And that's. But it's also helpful because if you know, like, okay, here's the, all this stuff's coming on Bandcamp. I'm going to give it a little bit of spin, see what I think about it. If you don't return to it, probably not going to be on your list. Yeah, it's those albums that you're going to listen to all the way through um, that you have an affection for that makes you want to return to them over and over. Yeah, yeah. For so, sure. so that said, I'll give you a few albums that I've been spinning lately: uh, Chrome Ghost, House of Falling Ash. This was my album of the month for October, and it just immediately grabbed me the first time I heard it and just wouldn't let go. Uh, I'm a big fan of Doom, mm-hmm. and this is some mercury, heavy, sad metal with these gorgeous, <laughs> forlorn vocals and stunning vocal harmonies in it. It kind of reminds me of Alice in Chains a little bit Okay. Um, when they do the vocal harmonies. There's some progressiveness in it, some noise rock and some post-metal thrown in there, but its heart is a dark, foreboding crevice of doom. Nice, nice. Love Chrome Ghost. I'm pretty sure it's going to make the top 25. Next one that I've really been spinning a lot lately is Deva through Sheer Will and Black Magic. This is neck-breaking death thrash. Lots of devastating solos on here and just nonstop aggression. They play the kind of thrash I particularly like, which is more of a like a sinister speed metal. I, I like my thrash okay. to be really dark, not bouncy. And that's what Deva plays. All right. How do you um, spell that? Uh, D-A-E-V-A. Through Sheer Will and Black Magic. It's their first – well, no, I think they had a record before. It might have been EP. Okay. But it's awesome. It's really great. I have it on vinyl, so I've been spinning it. 
Also, yeah. um, there's another, I think of a, if you like that and you like kind of evil thrash, definitely get an album by a band called Incultur, I-N-C-U-L-T-E-R. Fatal Visions is the name of it. Came out a couple years ago. Uh, it's like one of my favorite thrash albums, probably the last 10 years. Um, it was on my list the year it came out. I think it was maybe 2020 or 2021. I think it's 2020. Um, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting them to do for them to do something else. I believe they're from Norway. Um, okay. Um, in culture, freaking awesome. Uh, and then I'm also listening to this just came out. Dream Unending, Song of Salvation. Um, this is pretty stunning, atmospheric, progressive death tune. Okay. But it has an injection of psychedelic reverb in it. So this is the band's second record. Um, it features musicians from Tomb Mold. And so if people are into death metal, Tomb Mold is like one of my favorite bands right now. And then um, the other musician who's the who started is from Innumerable Forms, which is another good band. Um, but like I said, this is their second record. I like the first one. It didn't quite make my top 25, but it was right on the cusp. But I felt like that one kind of meandered a little bit. Which is that happens when you have that psychedelic yeah, nature at risk. Yeah. You do. And some people love that. You know, for me, I, I need it to be a little more focused for my taste. Mm-hmm. But this one hooked me. It still has long introspective songs, but there's something about the textures I really like on this record. And the guitar soloing is gorgeous on it. So yeah, I would highly recommend uh, Dream on Ending, Song of Salvation. Awesome. I'm I'm pretty stoked. I have a few new albums to check out because I've been uh, looking around and I think it's uh, for me, it's like I have my my genres that I'm drawn to, you know, and I've expanded yep. my metal vocabulary quite a bit in the past uh, few years. But I'm still you know, you're still scratching the surface with that, you know. Yeah. And I think as of late, I've really fallen into more of a. Uh, deathcore type of oh, interesting. Um, and we bring up Bandcamp a few times, and it's like there's a band I found on Bandcamp uh, called Distant, and Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, wow, these guys are just relentless (laughs) with with this how heavy this is, and just like it's 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 very very much born of like the production is as important as the song itself in terms of just like the the feel and the, and the, all the extra elements happening. And it was interesting because I'm like, I really like these guys. I don't really, you know, they seem to have a somewhat of a following, but not, nothing really. Mm-hmm. And then I see that they've been, they just got signed to, I think, was it nuclear blast mm-hmm. or century media? I forget which one, but um, yeah. And, and like they're, they're starting to pick up and, and, uh, grow in that scene and all that. Mm-hmm. So has there been any bands for you? Like you've kind of like found them on Bandcamp, and the next thing you know, they're like, Oh wow. They're like, everyone. Oh, man, it's like, I soon. can't even count <laughs> the number of bands that I've found <laughs> that have gone on to, to do more. Yeah. So I think people like that too, about me every Friday, we have a Facebook page for metalheads podcast and we mm-hmm. do uh, metal Fridays and we post what we've been listening to. And I always post things and people are like, I never freaking heard of this, <laughs> you know? And then they listen to it like, oh. and then they thank me for 
for letting them know about it. You know, even Chrome Ghost is 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 one of them. They're not like a super popular band, you know. Yeah. So people like I didn't even know this was out there. And so um the last couple of weeks people have said, Oh, thanks for letting us know about that. But it's interesting about that you mentioned Deathcore because um really like the old school metalheads like me and the boys, we don't listen mm-hmm. to a lot of metalcore or, or deathcore. I personally I don't have any problem with people listening to whatever they want. Like whatever yeah. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, if that's your jam, great. You know, listen mm-hmm. to what makes you feel something inside. And that's what matters. But for old school metalheads, like a lot of that core stuff is, um, it's like offensive to metalheads. <laughs> you know about this? <laughs> you know, I don't know too much about how a lot of old people think feel like it's offensive because I'm not sure why, but. I'm Let sure me you tell you, you want me, me to educate you? Please educate me. Why? <laughs> Why? You know, um, so there's a lot of reasons. Um, metalheads don't typically like metalcore or deathcore or anything core because when metalcore first started, it was, it was exciting. It was new. It was interesting, especially for guys like me because I grew up in Syracuse, New York, and that was mm-hmm. like a hotbed of hardcore. Yeah. So that was my gateway into metal. And it was also really fucking good back then. Archangel, mm-hmm. uh, Converge, Snapcase, mm-hmm. Integrity, Dead Guy. Those early core bands were were awesome. But kind of like new metal, after the innovators, there was this barrage of mediocre bands who kind of imitated the formula and made that core genre of metal more popular. So metal core became this kind of overly saturated, kind of like, a homogenous bastard of metal and it had more of this simplistic music Mm -hmm. based on riffs that were kind of stolen from classic metal bands like like at the gates for example Mm -hmm. and then part of the scene went overtly masculine and kind of dumb which is why we see bros crush weights to metalcore and deathcore (laughs) like hate breed or fucking five finger death punch which is terrible yeah Yeah. I, I in my head I don't consider those like uh like a deathcore type right. of thing but but I understand totally what you mean um yeah yeah, yeah and it's just it attracted a completely opposite crowd from uh, the original metalheads who were who are your like high school outcast rebels mm-hmm. that wasn't music for old school metalheads who were more into you know, metal because of the musical art and the innovation of like true metal. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was also a branch of, of metalcore that went more commercial with a lot of like um, repeating parts, sung choruses, like pop songs, yeah, mainstream emo angst in the lyrics, stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. which again goes against everything that original metalheads loved about heavy music. So that's why a lot of metalheads aren't into it. Again, I don't care what you listen to. If you like the music, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, But I don't listen to that much too, because, you know, I do, I started off very early. And so I do recognize that in bands. Mm -hmm. There's exceptions, of course, obviously, you know, and there's a lot of um, those old core bands like Converge. I still love Converge, even though a lot of metalheads like my, my boys on the metalheads podcast won't even listen to them Um, because there's just so many shitty imitators that kind of poison the well, you know? So that's why. Yeah. I can totally understand that. Um, For me personally, metal, like I was kind of out of metal in terms of listening to new stuff for the majority of the two thousands around 2010, 2011 is when I started getting back into it. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, my gateway back in was like listening to symphonic metal, like that kind of like brought yep. me back in. And it's just from there, things, you know, progress to heavier and, and, and wider scopes. Yeah. Um, so for me, like coming to this, these core genres, like it's relatively new for me as well, but I totally mm-hmm. get what you're saying. Like I can totally, you know, like this stuff like five finger death punch or, you know, I, I can roll my eyes at that just cause it's, it's such bro music. And I will admit there's, you know, the song they did with Rob Halford, it's kind of a jam. It's on, mm-hmm. it's on my workout mix, <laughs> but it's got Halford on it, man. What am I supposed to, I'm only human. Yeah, man. I just got yeah. his new book. I have, uh, <laughs> he's got two books out and I have them both yeah. of them signed, but um, yeah, listen, you got to come to it at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't, just the fact that people are getting into heavy music, it doesn't happen all that often no. for the people I know. No. So you have to have a gateway at some point. So it doesn't yeah. matter to me, even if it's God help you. Uh, five finger death punch. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's that, at least you're 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 widening your horizons from mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. But maybe it leads to to other metal, to other mm-hmm. avenues of music that you didn't consider before. Yeah. And that's why I don't ever naysay it. I might not listen to it. Yeah. But I'm not going to say, hey, you shouldn't listen to that because it's you know it's inferior or whatever or or it's yeah. just aping off things that came before you you listen to what you like i want yeah. people to enjoy music because it's such an important part of my life and it should be an important part of other people's lives no matter what it is you know i don't care no no 100% and it's like there's just this level of i guess um I bring this up quite a bit. It's just like comics and metal have so much overlap. It's not just in like people who enjoy both, but just in the way that people treat the genre, the, these mediums and mm-hmm. that like, you know, something gets too popular and people are, are all of a sudden upset about it. And, or there's imitators and then there's things that just become derivative. But it's like, if if it's someone's entry point, like it's an opportunity for you to say like, Hey, you like this? Hey, why don't you try this out? Yeah. And like guide them to where you feel like right. there's more of a, 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 uh, honest, good quality mm-hmm. type of thing happening. And that's now, the for, thing, Don, yeah. like it, with anything like comics, metal, you should be more positive about it. You yeah. know, if somebody says they like something, don't just rip them for it. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, that's cool. If you like that, Hey, maybe try this, you know, try to, um, you know, uh, be positive, be encouraging, um, share what you know, mm-hmm. uh, with other people. Um, because that's how people um, get involved in things that maybe you like, or mm-hmm. maybe something different. But if you try to just rip on them, you know, they're just going to shut down and yeah. you're just going to create confrontation and it doesn't, you know, what's the benefit of that? There's no benefit to it. No, not at all. And that's a big crux of, of my show. Like I ask people, what are you, what are you enjoying right now? Cause I want to know what you're enjoying because if something you're, if you like it or whatever, you're going to speak passionately about it. And that to me is always a thousand million percent more interesting than someone just bitching about something. Like, yeah. I want to know why you like a thing. Why does it tickle all those centers in your brain that you're like, I love this thing, you know? And for me, like with metal, like, it, I love metal just because, just like comics, when I'm in a certain mood, there's something there I can yeah. I can gravitate towards. And a lot of metal bands these days, and I think why I'm kind of drawn to some of these like these deathcore bands is because there's so many like 
influences happening on each of these songs like this is almost this is like a death metal part and this is like a thrash part and this is like just super low tune breakdown part and this is like almost like a epic you know symphonic music production part and for me those those shifts that that tickles the centers in, in my head are like oh this is cool and it, you know it's it's taking all the things and making a different and making a thing but there's definitely good and bad of it all yeah um, you know what the biggest probably deathcore band metalcore what do you want to call them Warner Shore put out an album recently that I reviewed and mm-hmm. it was there's stuff I I've listened to it before really you know I liked it it wasn't really like my jam but this was like an incredibly like excellent dense album and like just like there's so many twists and turns with everything but you know it's 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 one of those things where it's like but it's not exactly like i wouldn't tell everyone like this is the best metal album period this year it's like if you mm. like this type of stuff it's definitely the best <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it's so subjective but, but, like yeah, decibel and, magazine which we we yeah. love decibel magazine and we know them, you know, we go to their festivals all the time. Um, I just chatted with Albert on email who, who runs decibel, you know, they put out a list and, you know, I don't agree, I don't agree with the list, but <laughs> the thing of it is, is like, they take it. It's everybody that's works at decibel puts their opinion in and they kind of like mash it together and, yeah. and create, um, an amalgam of everybody's tastes. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like it's so subjective. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with the metalheads. We do the same thing every year. Yeah. You know, we have our own lists and then we do the master list. We have yeah. like, we have, we have very um, important science that we do at the end mm-hmm. of the year to, to create the master list. But you know, there's always some albums on there that I love that don't even make it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, a, it's very subjective and that's the thing. Like I feel like you, if music moves you, if you get something out of it, then that's, that's really what matters. You know, even though I, there's certain things I like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what to like. I'm not going to tell you that my, the music I enjoy is superior to what, to what you like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's, again, it's just, this thing. It's just so subjective. Like I don't, you know, whenever someone tells me like, Oh, you recommend this album and I, and I really liked it. I'm always like, super happy because I don't expect anyone to take my opinion seriously because I ping pong so much on, on the music I love, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I was just as excited about the new Tegan and Sarah album as I was about, you know, the, the newest Gojira song mm-hmm. being dropped, you know? And <laughs> so it's, it's, just, I, I, that's where I go. You know, uh, I was super stoked for the, you know, the Lacuna Coil re-recorded their, uh, Comalese album for the 20th anniversary. I was super pumped to check that out, but I was also really, really excited to mm. uh, check out Revocation's new album. Like, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I bounce around so much myself. It's like, I yeah. don't have time to not like anything. There's so many awesome <laughs> things to like. If I, something's not, something's not grabbing me, I just move on, man. Yeah. I just move on. Like it's, it's fine. Like, no. And I love that about the metalheads too. Cause we give these recommendations and we're deep in the weeds with metal. Yeah, you, you know, guys, a lot guys, of stuff that you're listening, yeah. I wouldn't say it's popular, right? But no, it's more people more are listening yeah. to Lorna Shore than they are, you know, listening to uh, Dream Unending or Deva. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We're no, way no. in the weeds for, for metal. Um, yeah. But the thing of it is, there's an audience for that too who wants mm-hmm. to find these amazing records mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and thanks us for that. And um, I like that sense of community. 
where you can talk about these albums that, that, you know, maybe people don't know about or don't have a super big following, but you know, people appreciate that. They want to be able to explore new music and, and find that. And so we give that to them. Yeah. And that's, that's like, um, the community aspect of metalheads is the, is the best part of it. Cause I mean, I was a listener before I was even, before I was even a host <laughs> on it, you know? And, and now I get to, to talk with those guys every month, you know, after I had listened to them and enjoyed their, their camaraderie is just like, the best thing. Cause I think everybody looks for that, you know, when you have a particular taste, you, you hope that somebody shares those, that you can talk mm-hmm. about that with somebody else that you're not, not alone. And when it comes to metal and stuff like that, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of metal friends. Yeah. So, um, the metalheads podcast gave me that. And then now they're actually my friends. <laughs> so <laughs> it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of view that, for, for my show, whenever I recommend things, I kind of view it as like, I know I'm, you know, when it comes to like deeper cuts of metal and more unknown bands, I know I'm barely scratching the surface on a lot of this stuff. But for me, you know, I like recommending what I recommend because I'm also kind of trying to convert some people to try out metal, like more, a lot of my interviews, mm-hmm. you know, when people are talking about what music they're listening to and it's not metal, I say, well, if you like this, you know, try this. Yeah. And I'm working on some uh, YouTube videos to where I'm going to be uh, talking to people like, if you like this metal band, you should check out this comic. And, you know, so, you know, I'm trying to like do both ends <laughs> on that. That's awesome, man. So, um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's just like, it, it's, I appreciate like the level you guys get to in the Metalheads podcast. And I guess we're segueing into talking about the Metalheads podcast, which is an awesome podcast. You can find it. It's, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show. It's a long podcast, but you guys do it like segments. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to like, just listen to a chunk, stop, you know, go do what you got to do <laughs> when you can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> yeah. When, like if you have, if you have to like go to work or whatever, and then like, come back to it and then like pick up with the next segment. And uh, you guys had a segment on the last episode about the, the, the next big metal bands. Like no one's ever going to achieve Metallica in 1991, 92 success ever right. again. It's just not, it's just, the system's not built that way. No, um, but who's, gonna that's what the, we concluded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, but who's, who's going to be like the leading the charge of like metal, you know, in the, in the future. And you guys had a lot of great, a lot of great suggestions like Slipknot <clears throat> and, and stuff like that. And, you know, someone brought up uh, Gojira, who is like, I got into Gojira around 2016 and they rapidly became one of my top bands of all time. Like they are like a tight number two under Metallica. Like, and I feel well, like Metallica is your number one. Yeah. I mean, that's just just sheer, you know, amount of time listened to, they were my gateway to so many things and they were, I got into them with like the load era stuff. So, you know, I like Interesting. it all. I like it all, you know, for me, it's like, right. You know, so I, that's what I mean. Like the boys and I on the mouths podcast, yeah. we don't really listen to anything past and justice for all, yeah. but you know, and I get it. Load is your, because you know, to me, it's not metal after that, yeah. but load was your your first album so it's your yeah. gateway and you get to explore yeah. all the stuff they did before i, I remember, so i can't yeah. knock that you know what i mean no. like i can't knock that if you you listen to load and then you go back to ride the lightning or master mm-hmm. of puppets mm-hmm. i mean i remember the exact moment that 
it all clicked for me. I was I, I was at home. The memory remains video came on. Mm-hmm. It was like that cool one where they're spinning around and like the 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 three sixty circle thing or swing thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just the riff was like so like not overly complicated, but it was just really kind of just like groovy and just the tone of it and everything. It just kind of like oh wait. I like this. So then like I talked to like my one metalhead friend at school and I'm like, Hey, uh, what, what is that? What is that? Like, oh, that's distortion. That's why they make that sound on the guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, like that's yeah, metallic. I'm like, okay. So then it started from there. And I was from 96 to like 2000, I was Metallica up and down back and forth, you know, watching live shit, binge and purge every mm-hmm. night, you know, for weeks on end, you know, I picked up, the bass because of Jason Newstead, you know, he was my guy, you know, he still is my guy. His solo album he had in the mid two thousands. I think it's phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm bummed. He doesn't want to do that anymore, but I understand. And it's like, that was my, those were my guys. And I went back mm-hmm. and I, you know, I listened to the black album and I listened to justice and I listened to the ride and master and kill them all and the garage days. And, and, you know, no, eventually no life to letter a leather when the internet finally started like peeking through a bit more and you can like download songs and find mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I love it all. Like it's like, like metal in general. If you're, if, I, if I'm in a certain mood and I want to, to be sated by Metallica, I can find it, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I can't listen to the, like I said, I can't really listen to much beyond injustice for all, but no, and I get it. Yeah. I don't judge anybody or I don't like say, Oh, you're missing out. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I still you. love Metallica. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've still would see them live. Yeah. I'm in their vinyl club. Mm-hmm. So, um, they started a vinyl club like a year or two ago. And so I have all of that stuff and a lot of it's, you know, live cuts of the old, yeah. Uh, metal that I love. Yeah. So, you know, I, even though I don't listen to that stuff, I don't want bands to be stagnant. I want bands mm-hmm. to do what they want to do. So you talked about Gojira. We talk about Gojira and Mastodon a lot because yeah. we love the early albums and we're not as big a fans of the newer stuff where it's, mm-hmm. you know, the crossover type things. Yeah. However, we did a because we do a top five sometimes. Well, we do it every other episode. We do a, a top five, and then we switch off with a Metal Thunderdome, which pits two albums against each other. Okay. So we did a top five, you know, metal albums that would help people get into metal who want, who are interested in it. And so I put Mastodon some of the later albums mm-hmm. because just like you Definitely. were saying, you need a gateway, and and some of those albums that have come out, like the last one or the one before it. You know, that's something people can get into if they were just into rock Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, and that's fine. You listen to that and then maybe you go back and you listen to like Remission or, you know, uh, one of the earlier albums from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So same thing with Gojira, you know, Um, their stuff is more not poppy, but just this more commercial. There's just if you listen to it and it's it's got groove. You know, it, it's got beats, and mm-hmm. but then maybe you go back to from Mars to Sirius, you know, yeah. uh, which is you know to me a seminal record. So, you know, even though we don't listen to it, I can appreciate the fact that here are these metal bands who have changed and they're bringing in new listeners mm-hmm. um, to that style of metal. But it could be to other styles that I really enjoy. Yeah, 
No, well, yeah, exactly. And the, for Gojira, for me, like the same thing happened that happened with Metallica. I got in with Magma, which is probably mm-hmm. their most commercially accessible record. Even right. Amazonia, I think, is a little bit less than Magma, even though I still like Amazonia. Um, and I went back, you know, Mars is serious. Phenomenal. Like, yeah. it just everything uh you know i i love all their albums you know i'm probably you know much like maybe kill em all like you know terra incognita isn't like my go-to <laughs> if i'm gonna listen to stuff yeah. but but you know i look at my 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 master gojira playlist that i put on when i want to listen to gojira there's something from every everything on there yeah you know and and even some of those songs even though i don't like the newer records some of those songs are really good live yeah. So, and yeah. they're just a really great live band. I mean, a yeah. lot of metal bands are really good live. I mean, yeah. I think that's what we like about metal bands too, is that they're super proficient in, in, in the way they play and their, mm-hmm. in their instruments, Yeah, you know, a, in a way that nobody else really is. Maybe jazz is like the yeah. other equivalent of it, but <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else close. Yeah. It just, there's a, there's a live performance from, I think, Bloodstock from uh, Gojira. I think it was 2018, maybe. Mm-hmm. or whatever and that was like a huge on repeat thing for me because them live like they sounded just as good as the record and it's like yeah a lot of metal bands don't sound like that even with that type of vocals and like even though he's not as you know uh false cordy or you know super deep growl stuff happening mm-hmm. as as previous like it's still aggressive vocals and he's yeah. still like delivering it and just the performances and, and like you said, like they, they nail it all the time. And yeah, they're really good. And, so, yeah, I mean, we yeah. mentioned that too on like what bands will take over once mm-hmm. like Maiden's gone and uh, Metallica's gone and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but what I said on that cast is that I think it's just going to be festivals. Yes. And actually, yeah. I think you talked about this recently, but uh, on the cast, I said that I don't think there's going to be one band. I think it's going to be more festivals because in Europe, yeah, there's huge festivals. We do have some of them here. Every year, the boys and I go to the Decibel Metal and Beer Festival. Um, last year, uh, we went to uh, uh, MDF. Um, so... Um, you know, I think more festivals might happen where you have lots of bands and yeah. people are like willing to see all of them play. I think that's going to be the big thing. I don't know if there's going to be one band that rises to the cream of the crop. No, not no. in this climate, you know? No, no. And that, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to lead to that. Like, cause I agree with you completely. I think it was the last mm-hmm. episode I spoke to LK and Gino, cause she went to the aftershock festival mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of where I see America like adopting more festivals for metal and stuff like that. And, and yeah. it's, you know, it's not going to be one band bringing in 25,000 people. It's going to be four really good sized bands bringing in 25,000 people, Yeah, but that's still going to be like huge. And I definitely think Gojira is going to be one of those bands that's going to be carrying that, that torch for a while, just because they may not put on like the, the pyrotechnics and the craziness, like a Slipknot show or whatever, but they definitely have the charisma and the, and the songs to, yeah. to, to support that. I think they're one radio hit away. It's hard for, it'd be hard for them to have a radio hit because they don't really do too much. I think that would be a huge crossover. Like they definitely have stuff that would land them like on a rock station, yeah. but 
nothing that would like you know you're not going to hear them like on the alternative stations crossing through and stuff like that too much but no and when they go on tour they usually will partner with a band that's of equal size with them yeah, yeah. so it's like even if they were the headliner or something they still need a, a bit of support yeah in order to make that tour a little bit bigger mm-hmm. so i haven't seen anybody any band just kind of run away like we could just play solo and it would be we'd fill like a stadium or an outdoor arena yeah you know n- nobody knew that i can think of um could could do that you know mm-hmm. it's always it's always about uh, multiple bands being able yeah. to have like a uh you know a variety of acts that people want to see yeah if you could put together a three bill uh show of, of like bands you think would be like just epic to see together what would that be how do you choose how do you choose you want like, um hmm. are you talking about like big bands or are you talking whatever about you want, whatever you want whatever you're feeling at the moment i can go first if you want to think about it but uh it, yeah just, huh. just whatever comes even if it's you know three obscure or lesser known bands that you think would go to that's fine too like just I'm i mean just i like the lesser known bands you yeah. know of course um three bands that i want to see together it's tough. I'll be honest. It's tough. So Don, so I've seen so many bands. <laughs> so I, I actually, this year I've decided I'm not going to go to any shows where, unless I have not seen one of the bands. Okay. And so I've only gone like five shows this year because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many bands over the years. Now, of course there's some of my favorites, mm-hmm. um, like Wayfarer and Wake are going to be playing. That's, that's two mm-hmm. um, on the same bill. And I, I've seen both those well, actually, I haven't seen Wayfair, so that counts for my for this year. But um, um, I've seen Wake many times. Um, I'd have to think about that one. Let me hear yours. Let me think about it okay. a little bit here. I, I have, I have, uh, I have a couple variations. So to give you some more time for like mm-hmm. big bands, um, I want to see, and I know they toured together before, but it was before I was into them and I missed it. Uh, I want to see Metallica, Gojira, <clears throat> and Orbit Culture. I don't even know Orbit Culture. What's that? Orbit? Orbit Culture is the <laughs> if you take Metallica and Gojira, and they had an angsty teenage son. <laughs> that's Orbit Culture. Weird. It is. They are fantastic. They are just. Uh, they have the super like low tune growl vocals going on, but then when you get into the clean singing, it's very much James ask in like justice era kind of like snarl interesting um they have yeah they just uh let me see if i if i could recommend a song you know i'll 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 message you uh what what i think you know would would be a good gateway song for them but they are definitely um they lean into a little bit of that like uh the the death cory in terms of like the production level of things like you know like the the atmospherics and stuff sometimes but okay. they're definitely firmly rooted like in th- that metallica gojira like uh influence in the best way and i'm saying this the best way but so i, I kind of feel like the having those three would be like a really nice like full circle <laughs> kind of kind of event right uh, oh interesting um 
Let me think. Well, I'm going to, I would just pick bands I haven't seen that I really want to see. So the first one would be, um, primordial. Okay. Um, it's like one of my all time favorite bands. I've never seen them live. I'm sure they, I'm hoping they'll come here. They haven't had an album out in a while. Um, and then I would also pick Atlantean Codex. Um, they're kind of they're like a traditional heavy metal band. Uh, you know, they kind of strained a little bit of the power metal, but it's got that um, big grandeur majesty to the to them. Okay, um, it's just, they're one of my favorite favorite bands. And what else do I want to see? Mm, you know, I would put Falls of Roros on there. Um, they're like um, they're a black metal band but they have a lot of different like post-metal influences and, uh, you know, the mel- melodic passages and mm-hmm. they're a hugely underrated band and their new album, uh, key to a vanishing future was my number one at mid year. Oh, so okay. I assume it's going to be in my top 25 at the end of the year. Um, and I have not seen them live and I kind of like that, that mix um, cause primordial is kind of like, um, you know, they're like a forest to do metal. Uh, but they do a lot of songs about history, which I love. Um, <laughs> super smart lyrics, um, a lot of tribal, uh, stuff in there. And the, and, and the singer Namathenga is just like unbelievable. So I like that mix of these three bands because they're very different styles. They probably never go on tour together, but that's what I want because <laughs> hey, I haven't your, seen those. Those are probably the top three for me right right now. It's as your far wish as metal goes, whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I want to see bands I haven't seen. So those okay. those three, if that that bill, I mean, I couldn't buy the ticket fast enough for that. I I am woefully a homebody, so I am definitely uh, you know. Uh, I have not seen many bands, <laughs> but I'm also like, I'm also the, you know, I'm the type of person like, well, I like the idea of live music and the concerts and I love watching live concert videos and stuff like that. When I'm there, it's very much like, man, I, you know, not that I have a desire to be like in a big touring band or anything like that, but I kind of like just want to go play music. Like I'm inspired to go play mm-hmm. music. So I'm like, I want to go play music now while I'm, but you know, I'm trying to enjoy the band that's playing. <laughs> so it kind now, of, it, I love shows. Yeah. I mean, I go to a lot. Um, I, I mean, I've gone to less this year, but of course we've moved and everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, I love going to shows. There's something about live music. I go in the pit still. So, I mean, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm in my forties now, but I rule the pit. So, cause they're all young. Yeah. They're all they young, the but I, uh, you gotta work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. I don't always get, well, the one time I didn't go in the pit and it was funny is at the decibel metal and beer festival. And one time I didn't go, I was like, ah, I'm going to stay out of the pit. I'm traveling, you know, it's like COVID time, you know, and the wife's like, oh, you're old. You shouldn't be going in the pit. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit on the outskirts. And one time I did that, somebody came out of the pit, flailing, hit me in the back of the head and like knocked me out for like a second. And then I had to be taken to the paramedics. And then I ended up going to the hospital just because I, I wanted to check out. Like, you don't know yeah. if you're going to have bleeding in the brain. And it, I was at that freaking ER for hours, like 10 hours before they even saw me. Jesus. I was like, this is. 
we have a lot of failings in the American uh, medical system, but yeah. I could have just been bleeding in the brain by that yeah. time, you know? Jesus. <laughs> and so I told my wife, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like the one time I don't go in the pit, I get hurt. I'm just, I'm always <laughs> going to the pit from now on. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, so, wow. um, so I've been going to the pit the last couple shows and having a blast. So, yes. uh, yeah, I don't know how long that'll last. Cause I'm, you know, I'm getting close to getting close to 50 now. So, but I got a lot of energy still. I'm always surprised mm-hmm. by that. Well, you know, it, you do it until you can't, right? <laughs> you know, I don't have kids, so maybe that contributes to it. I've been, I haven't been drained. I mean, you know, if, by the if, youngsters. You could still, if you're still managing more than uh, four or five hours sleep a night at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need more. <laughs> That's funny. Cause I only need maybe six hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't, I rarely get more than that and then I'm fine. Well, so you know, I wonder when that changes for, for, you know, for the longest time, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a huge sleeper. Like, mm-hmm. um, it would be like, I would sleep before kids. I would sleep like maybe five hours a night mm-hmm. be fine. Cause you know, my wife would go to work, we'd you know, go work out do whatever, right. and, you know, whatever repeat. And then like, maybe like once every few months I would have a day where I'm like, you know, a Saturday where I sleep into like 10 or 12 or whatever. Right. Um, and then when kids, when you, when you get kids, it's such a different tired, um, because it's not just like, Oh, my body's tired. It's just like, you're, you're, you spend so much of your day worrying about the, the general health and well being of somebody else. Right. Right. <laughs> it just drains you in a different level. Huh. And this isn't like, Oh, you don't understand unless you have kids. Listen, man, like it's just all, it's all subjective. <laughs> um, no, like, I can I, see that an emotional drain, you know, you know cause I, you're spending so much time trying to protect. Yeah. I've, I've done stupid things. I've been up for over 24 hours. I've been like, mm. yeah, I've done, I've done all kinds of things that would make you just like, this is the most tired I've ever been nothing compared to when like my daughter first came home, you know, mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of the night and they're upset and you're, you know, because they got reflux and you got to like r- rub their bellies, uh, oh. because, uh, you know, the bottles, uh, you know, otherwise they're going to spit up or whatever. And then you mm-hmm. just want to go to sleep, but you got to rub their bellies for 45 minutes after they eat. So they're sleeping, getting a nice little belly rub and you're like, I got to stay awake. <laughs> um, but you know, that's the trade off, you know? Yeah. Um, How many kids do you have? We have, Don? we have two. I have a, I have a six year old and a three year old. Oh, wow. And, they're um, young. Yeah, yeah, and then three year old, we're getting ready to get him into to preschool soon, so that'll be a nice couple hours out of my day. Right, so you got one up. in kindergarten, right? Uh, she's first grade, or first, first grade, grade now. now. Okay, yeah. wow. So he, he'll be going to preschool, and then um, he'll be probably in preschool for like a couple years, mm. uh, just because of the age thing, and then um, then yeah, but once he's in there for a couple hours a day, it's going to be nice because you know uh, I'm I'm the point guy. <laughs> during the day, you know, <laughs> right, right. I, I have other things I do, uh, for financial things, but you know, my comics and my podcasting, it's done when everyone's sleeping. <laughs> so <laughs> early mornings and late nights. Yeah. Um, is, is I'm a night owl myself, you know, it, so I'm usually up till four. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I've tried to change that. It's, now I will get up really because I I'm the same way. I'm I'm a night person. It's yeah. so hard to to ch- like adjust to that. Like I've tried and it just does not work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, if it works for you, like why change? Um, if it doesn't affect like if like you and and the person you're you know your partner in mm-hmm. life is like 
cool with it, like don't change. It's fine. You know, listen to your, listen to how your body naturally. Yeah. Goes. I mean, and you know, every, if I have to get up early, then I just do that. Um, yeah. that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Just that's my mm-hmm. body wants to be up at night. I like yeah. the quiet, you know, I'm, I'm it, it is, it's the stillness of the night. That's just like, yeah, there's from, no social media. There's, for, there's nobody, there's nothing, you know, it's just yeah. you, your thoughts or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I appreciate that. I lo- I like that, that silence. I, I've always been a loner by nature anyways. So I, I love meeting people and, and being out in the world, but, uh, I'm perfectly fine by myself. If I was the last person on the planet, I'd be fine. You know, of course I'd miss my <laughs> wife and my cat or whatever, but I'd be okay with that. You know, I wouldn't be stressed by any of that. You know, yeah. I'd be all right. Yeah. I'm, I, I am very much the, the, the typical, you know, like I'm, you know, I don't want to be alone, but I'm fine being by myself <laughs> type of thing, yeah. you know? Um, Cause you know, after, after a while it's like, you know, yeah, just just the stillness of the night for me. It's always been like a, a warm blanket over my brain for my entire yeah. life. Like, so it's just where I feel really creative and all that. And you know, I joke that you know, my I get my comics done in the morning and at night. You know, <laughs> I get some stuff during the during the day. During you know, if there's a nap happening, you know, I can do some. <laughs> you know, like my my son's hit. He's got a, he had a little bit of a a, a virus. Not, you know, <clears throat> just, just, just that was at the RSV virus, but that's probably going around. So, you know, he's just not feeling a little bit under the weather for a few days. <clears throat> so, you know, it's fine. Okay. Let's watch, uh, <laughs> let's watch some Netflix and daddy will pull out the iPad and yeah. we'll, we'll snuggle together and you can rest and relax and uh-huh. uh, get some coloring done. <laughs> I mean, the world yeah. is just noisy, you know, whether yeah. it's like politics, whether it's, you know, um, just social media, people contacting you, yeah, work, kids, at night, everybody is down and you don't, none of that happens. So you can just be there with your thoughts, whatever you want to do. And, and I, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that, you know, it's more like uh, when I was growing up and there was less of everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's always my favorite time. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So I, we've been at this for an hour 24, according to the recording time, probably not really the podcast time. Yeah. And we have not touched on your awesome comics work, sir. All so, right, man. you know, bef- before it gets uh, <laughs> to be too rushed, let's talk about you. Um, you were super generous and you sent over a ton of PDFs for your series uh, by the horns, which is from scout comics, who, great mm-hmm. people. They've, I don't know them personally, but they've, you know, they publish a bunch of people's books that I know. Uh, including Bob and Kevin doing uh, Metal Shark Bro. And it's it was a really awesome book <laughs> so far. I've I've gotten through the first volume you sent. Oh yeah. And Thanks, man. I've I've been familiar with your name at the very least for a while because we are both buds with Patrick Bauer, co owner of the greatest comic shop in the land, Challengers oh, yeah, Conversation. Yeah. Shout out to Patrick. Illinois. Yes. Um and so I would hear your name pop up a lot. Uh, especially with like uh, when you had your book Voracious out, which was a really cool premise um, that I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I'll put a link in the show notes to the book. It's a really fun premise and hearing uh, you're in. Well, it's about, a, it's about a yeah. chef who travels through time, kills dinosaurs and serves them at a restaurant in the present. See, it's more than that, yeah. but that's See, the it, basic premise. But, but, yeah, but, but that's enough. Like it doesn't have to be more <laughs> than that, but that's enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then by, by the horns is this like, 
I didn't know what to expect. With it. I've, I've seen the name pop up a lot, you know, you know, people reading it, people like recommending it and stuff like that. And I just haven't gotten to it. And then when I finally sat down to read it, I'm like, holy crap, this is such a fun book. You know, metal Easter eggs aside, <laughs> from yeah. chemists to Dio yeah. to Wayfarer, <laughs> and all and all the ones I'm sure I've missed, all the deep cuts I'm sure you probably put in there uh, mm-hmm. that I'm not I'm not uh you know up to snuff on on knowing, but uh, it the story itself is just really really fun, really really entertaining, and you know he's not on the show, but Jason Muir's art is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, he's really great. You know, the the fact that someone hasn't backed up a truckload of money to him to to draw <laughs> something for the big two is like... I don't know. He did he, just test for Marvel. So okay. uh, well, he has did. done some work for Marvel before where he did like layouts for a okay. digital comic, Doctor Strange Punisher, but he didn't do the full art. Somebody else okay. came out and did that. Yeah, his style but yeah, is, I always yeah. wonder that. I'm like, I don't understand because I've read some books and their the artwork is nowhere near as good as Jason's. And um, yeah, so I don't know who's who the editors are or what's going on over there. But uh, I keep waiting for the day. I actually yeah. have I actually have something written out for Jason when the day comes because. Um, when I first started working with him on Voracious, I knew people in the industry mm-hmm. um, and I would show them the books and they would like say, Hey, the premise for Voracious is so good, but the art, I don't, I don't know. You might want to find another artist. And I was like, nah, you don't, you don't get it. This kid, he has something and he's dedicated and he's willing to improve. Like he wants to get better and better and better. And you can't, you can't find that in a lot of artists, you know? And so, um, he did like you, if you look, I thought he was, did great job on voracious. Oh, that was pro level work on voracious. Don't, don't, I don't know who would say, but if you look at that first issue and then you look at maybe the last issue of voracious and then you go to buy the horns yeah, and then go to the last issue of By the Horn. It's level. You can see how yeah. much he's grown, even though he was good to start with. Mm-hmm. He's just always willing to take it to the next step. He always wants to try to find something to improve what he's doing, and he doesn't. It doesn't matter like what anybody says. He takes it to heart. He looks at it, and then he just tries to to make strides to become the best artist he can be. And I, I'm constantly impressed by uh what he does on our books and he and he's just an awesome collaborator yeah he's yeah it's just phenomenal and uh, if i had to describe his style um there's there's another local chicago artist named craig cermak Mm -hmm. uh, who's also phenomenal as well and he has a lot of the same qualities that craig does but he also kind of has that Stuart eminent-esque fluidity kind of like Mm -hmm. uh I, I want to say softness, but like, just like he's bounce, got those, he's got to the clean line. lines. That's like yeah. a Steve Rude type thing where yeah, you know, everything is very it, clean it, and clear. It, yeah, it doesn't look like a derivative of anything. It's just no. like you can, as an, as you know, kind of, you know, comic fans and 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 creators and stuff. You you kind of see thumbprints, you know, uh, fingerprints of other influences and in, and in, in anything. And and here it's like, wow, he really like 
blended all this stuff together to something really like cool and like it's very it, it's, it's it's just very like you said clean and it, it's like a, mm-hmm. i just feel like a, like a freshness to it like it's just crisp well, crisp yeah. is, i guess the word i'm looking for and it's it's awesome and for this particular story by the mm-hmm. horns which i will let you let everybody know what it's about in a second yeah. it works so wonderfully well like, and it's just the way he does facial expressions and yes. emotion Yes, the the. I don't think anybody does it better right now. To be honest, with you. there are panels in here. Like I, I, I um, I'm gonna try to fi- see if I can if I can think of them because I have to take notes on it. But like, there's like beats where an expression is given and something like that. I'm like, is that something he added in? Is that something you wrote in? Because it's like such perfect, like, you know, as an artist myself, like that. That's something I could think about a lot. Is like, yeah. I don't want to, you know, no one wants to add work, but it's like, if I just add this extra panel with this one expression, like it adds so much to the flow of the story. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that, I do uh, it's a lot. Well, it, you know, it depends on what, on, on what panel. Yeah. Um, I tend, I write a full script, but I like a lot of pauses and, and, um, uh, focus on emotion. Yeah. So I probably wrote it, but Jason still has to, interpret that yeah and yeah. make it his own so even if i tell him how i feel which i do that a lot in the script like this is how i was feeling he has to convey that and then there's mm-hmm. other characters in there too like evelyn for example is a floating yeah. eyeball in the book <laughs> yeah she's like an emoticon for the emotions of a scene yeah. so sometimes i write what she's doing but sometimes jason just fits her in and then does something on his yeah. own because he wants to convey uh what the scene is is uh telling you or or showing you yeah so i um, I love i love evelyn that's such a such a great addition to that book when when she showed up yeah Um, she's she's great to write uh but uh but by the horn so yeah yeah. it's basically if you know this is the last unicorn meets kill bill it's a sci-fi fantasy action series about a hunter named elodie she wants to kill all the unicorns on the continent of Solithus for trampling her husband. But the problem is that it's impossible to find unicorns. So Elodie just starts murdering anything out there with a horn in frustration. And unfortunately for her, all that monster hunting affects her standing in the farming village of Wayfair where she lives. And the elders exile her for neglecting to help the community. So she sets out with her telepathic half-wolf, half-deer friend, Sajin, to try and make one last go at tracking down unicorns and, and getting revenge. Uh, but they end up discovering that there's an even greater threat out there than unicorns. There's these four ancient wind wizards who have been inducting mystical creatures on Solophus for mysterious reasons. So she has to actually team up with unicorns and she can rip off their horns and form mystical weapons to fight these uh, wizards. Yeah, so the yeah, series. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, when ahead, I got Dan. to that part in the book, I was like, aha, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> or when course. she could rip off the horns and form weapons. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, of course, of course. Like what is, what is like the most metal version of like, you know, a unicorn's horn. And that is being able to rip it off and make weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, that's how the series started to be honest with you. It, it, oh, it, okay. it, it came to me when I was, have you ever watched the 1985 movie legend? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I love that film, but it's not a very good film. And Tom Cruise is in it. Uh, he's a warrior who's in a metal skirt for most of the time. Uh, Tim Curry plays this awesome looking devil character called the darkness. Mm-hmm. Still some of the best makeup I've ever seen. He oh, has yeah, these gigantic horns. He hates unicorns. He wants to take them out because their existence prevents him from living in total pitch black night, which is a weird motivation. Cause he seems like he's living in a posh unchallenged lifestyle in this wicked fortress but, you know, he's a villain, so he's kind of evil. He's kind of dumb. He <laughs> wants to steal a unicorn horn because it's the source of their power. But he doesn't actually do anything with the horn. And then he ends up abducting this girl named Lily, and he spends most of his time just pining for her and forcing her to wear goth dresses the whole time. <laughs> so when I watched this movie, I was like, this is – I love this as a kid. I still watch it now, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So – that's how by the horns came about because I thought what if darkness, the character actually had his hatred for unicorns actually made sense. What if the unicorns were assholes and just wronged him somehow? You know, what if the unicorn horns were actually way more powerful instead of this, just these magic trinkets that he wanted to collect, you know? And also what if Lily, instead of being a prisoner, just grabbed a unicorn horn and stabbed him in the face. So, <laughs> You know, that's how uh, By the Horns was born. It somehow morphed into By the Horns. But when I watched that movie, some of those those questions turned into a story for me. Um, that's obviously a lot different than that. But, yeah. you know, that's where it began. Mm-hmm. And um, so the series is really about stabbing horned monsters, yes. But it's also about a woman who feels like all she has left in life is revenge. And she has to decide what's more important, getting back at unicorns at all costs or standing up for the larger community and stopping this massive looming threat to the entire continent and all the creatures on it. So yeah, I, that movie is very vapid. There's not a lot going on in it. It's beautiful to look at. But I wanted to do something that was a lot more meaningful and made more sense uh, with unicorns. And uh, I just never had seen that before. Um, so kudos because you, you, you did it. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I, yeah, I can't I can't recommend this book enough to people. It is just really entertaining. It's fast paced, but it's there's a lot. There. There's a lot of world in there. What I like a lot about this book is you don't take too much you don't take a lot of time to like explain every single detail of the world Mm -hmm. like you let like people are living in this world and through people living in this world is how we learn about it and i always appreciate when a writer does that because i understand the need when you create something you're like oh look here's this here's the thing we do different here but it's like this have the characters experience it and show it and you do that really well um and just and you know I, I, I was I was just like scanning through the pages again, and I, I came across a couple of the expressions. Like Jason, like there's a a, a scene where uh, Elodie is that how you how it's probably Elodie. pronounced? It's Elodie. like a melody, but without the M. Elodie. Okay, um, my wife's name is Melody, so I should get that. Oh, nice, uh, Elodie. Uh, they're going to the first island <laughs> uh, of the wizard of one of the wizards, and uh, uh, yeah, Futon. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best eye rolls I've ever seen drawn in comics. <laughs> like it is literally like perfect like yeah i've had to draw some eye rolls in my time and i wish they looked a 
tenth as good as this one did. <laughs> he is very good. And and Elodie rolls her eyes a lot. And yeah. Jason does it a little bit different each time. And I do write that into the script, like how yeah. she's feeling and that she's rolling her eyes. But I'm always astounded how he's able to do it. And then it looks a little bit different each time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then just to bring up one more expression is when they're in the lair of the wizard and uh, Elodie looks and she's like giving kind of like a, huh? kind of like, like a, like a one eye squinted kind of like yeah. uh, expression. And it's like, just like, I, I think I cackled when I, when I saw that because it's just like such a, like a, it's like a great beat to drop in there. Um, yeah. He gives so much um, character, you know, I, obviously I write it and there's a certain, sarcasm to the character a a certain like charm to her but it has to come through in the art and jason's just he's just masterful at it you know that's why we did a whole like silent issue too because um which i you know i i i dreamt it in my head but only because i knew jason would be able to to pull it off and you guys and, do have um, you do have a history of working together, so you have that rapport yeah. already, yeah. and that's I think that's you know a, a good uh, foundation for why I think By the Horns is is so excellent, just because you you know how to work with each other, you know each other's mm-hmm. strengths, and you 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 know like I said, you know as much as I love how he's drawing the expressions, like the fact that you're like you know giving mm-hmm. giving that and giving the the backstory for the you know or get, explaining why this eye roll is. Uh-huh. The exact emotion behind all that that's so critical and, and i think uh a lot of writers uh if they're listening like that's important information for the artist like it's just like <laughs> yeah you know, oh so and so eye rolls at the comments like well why what's the what's what's mm. you know like an act well, yeah, I mean, here like what's what's the deal and that mm. adds so much to when how it's going to end up being depicted yeah i mean jason i i mean he lives out deep in the suburbs it's like hour away from me more than that actually but we like to meet and talk about it so we are still you know close in the area here so before we even do stuff we we meet we talk about all the characters um we're co-creators on the book mm-hmm. so when we ever whenever we start a book whether it's voracious by the horns or any other books that we work on you know i i come with the idea but then i i tell jason what it is i tell him the premise and then we just talk about it we talk about the characters so that we have a handle on who we're going to be uh bringing to life in a comic book and i think that has helped tremendously on it i don't i don't know how many people do it that way but i have to do it that way i want jason to be as invested in the world as I am. And, um, I want him to bring all the ideas that he has to it and to understand the characters before we even sit down, before I sit down to write the script, before he sits down to write or draw thumbnails. So, I mean, I think that we've create the world together just by talking about it before we actually make it. And so he understands the character really well as soon as he's, uh, he draws an issue. Um, and I do too, you know, because I have it in my head, but then I want to talk to Jason and I want to get all his ideas and I want it to be both of ours. Like we're the parents of these characters. And, um, yeah, I think that shows through in our books and, uh, you know, I, I love it that way. And I, even the other creators in the book, like we, Andre was our colorist and we used to have calls with them and talk with them all the time. It's the same thing with Steve. 
when we brought him on, we just had a Zoom call with him just to shoot the shit. I just like want to be friends. I just want to let him know like what's going on with the book. I want him to be able to like talk about anything that he's doing. I, I want him to understand the world that we're creating, that he's like a huge part of that. And, um, and Nicole, who's our editor, is the same way. Like, we just did a, a podcast on Blake's Buzz not too long ago. And I said, Blake, can we have Nicole on? Cause she's like instrumental and in, in working on the book. She doesn't like work on story stuff as much, but, um, you know, everything that we need from Scout, like, she's there. She's the person that like helps, um, facilitate that. And, um, so I wanted to recognize that to me, it's like a very much a team effort. And I think of it as a family, almost like the characters in by the horns where they're coming together, uh, for a mission and also to grow personally as characters. I want the team to be the same way. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's not the most efficient way to work, but that's what well, I like. I, I feel like to me, the book is personal and I want everybody on the team to feel that too, to feel something for what we're we're putting out there. Well, when it comes to creator owned books, I think efficiency is overrated. <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of the in terms of the scenario like you put forth like everyone's on the team and everyone's together and everyone's in communication with each other, and everyone's on the same page about what you're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> the work is infinitely better for it. Like this isn't a big two book. You don't have to hit you, you, I mean, obviously just deadlines and things like that, but you don't, you know, there's, there's not a, a, a company behind it with like shareholders and saying like, we need a Batman comic out this month. Like, we don't <clears> care, <throat> you know, ultimately, you know, it's a cynical view of it, but it, like, we don't care what's in the book, how good the book is. It needs to be, yeah. out. you know, and this is like, no, this is a story that, you know, came from from your response to something and that you and you developed and made something bigger and better and you know you are all putting your fingerprints you're all putting your hands into it and it just it it is always i think that's probably why i'm more gravitated towards independent comics these days just because not a knock to big two comics because it's a lot of great work being done on them that you you pointed out a couple examples in this area yeah. so mm-hmm. but you know on on an average, you know, it's like, I'm probably going to get more enjoyment out of seeing someone pour their heart on a page from a story they really need, they really wanted to tell so much that they went through the trouble of making this book as opposed mm-hmm. to what happened to Spanix guy X this, <laughs> yeah. this month. No, Not it's a, that it's that a labor book can't of be love. great, but what yeah, I'm saying yeah. is for me personally, I, you know, I, maybe it's because I'm an independent creator myself. I feel that connection a bit more these days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to see these kinds of books done at this level, it's very inspiring uh, on top of just being enjoyable. So, um, you've definitely got a a fan in me. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's been a blast. I really like making comics, you know, uh, with this team. So, uh, and it's, it's amazing. Like we're on issue 14 We're we've almost, equaled what we did. Well, actually think about this. Voracious was like four or five. Maybe we have equaled it. Now Voracious had extra size issues, but uh, we're, we're pretty close. So this book's going to be longer and then, but we've already, we've already gotten to that. And pretty soon we'll be the longest running scout book, which is kind of nuts too. <laughs> so yeah, I love, I love, I love creating this world. 
It's and, been a blast doing it. And, well, I hope I hope you gentlemen have plenty of plans for continuing in this world. I can't wait to get into the second series uh, that you had out. Um, and it's yeah, just, the second series we just finished issue six. We're taking a little bit of a break so we can build up some issues. But the, oh, sure. the second arc is twelve issues. Okay, so we'll be back uh, in early 2023 to finish that off, and then we still we have plans for two more arcs after that. Um, awesome. So we do have a long uh, form story and scouts like all for it. So uh, we're really excited. Mm. Um, you know, Jason, I've been talking about all the ideas for it and I've, I've got it all mapped out. Um, so it's going to take a lot of cool twists and turns that you might not expect. Even in the second half of dark earth, uh, dark earth is the the book that's coming out now. Um the last six issues, I I don't think people are going to expect what's what's going to happen in those. <laughs> nice. So yeah. Um, well, I and also like for an independent book, like running this long, and plans for just as much more <laughs> is, yeah. is is an amazing feat. So again, more kudos to you guys for for having. Oh, that. Yeah. I'm glad the book is doing well enough that that's feasible that's that's a thing oh yeah no it's super dumb like we shouldn't do that <laughs> when you get into <laughs> indie comics you should do like a little mini series we do the same thing with voracious like we were not known at all that was our first book we should have done just a four issue mini series but we had this longer form series and you know, no we were way. able to tell the whole thing <laughs> but you know if it if it's not successful you might not be able to complete it you know we're, yeah. we were fortunate that readers kept finding the series and, and it allowed us to, to complete that one. And, um, you know, I feel the same way about, uh, by the horns, you know, uh, without all the readers who just are so passionate about the story, um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here We're, with, with 14 issues, but, uh, we originally planned it as a, as a mini series. It was only going to be five issues. And then of course we had more ideas and then we expanded the initial, uh, run by like three more issues to eight and then, and then expanded it beyond that. But um, yeah, we fortunate. I don't know. I wish I do have some smaller stories that I want to tell, but uh, the worlds, I get so invested in these worlds. Like we were talking about earlier, but I don't want it to end. I want these characters to keep going. I want to keep writing them. I want to live in that world myself. And uh so I'm really, I'm just really pleased and just really humble, humbled by uh, everyone who's like been able to pick up the book and uh, who says so many great things about it and all the great reviews we've had for it. And uh, that allows us to keep staying in this world and creating because, uh, you know, there's no place I'd rather be. And, you know, I, you can, like I said before, you can easily count me as a new fan and a new champion for this book. Um, I can't, you know, wait to just spread the gospel by the horns. Hopefully uh, hook a few more people in <laughs> uh, for you guys. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I, I've been writing a series for uh, my YouTube that I want to eventually film and put out where... I'm recommending comics to people who like certain bands. And this is certainly a comic that I'm going to, you know, I'll probably have to talk to you on the side <laughs> and, see, and, 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 and whittle it down a little bit, but you know, um, I'm kind of curious what you would pick without my influence. 
Well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know first then. Uh, and then, <laughs> and because I, there's this, there's so many amazing independent books and I am always, always uh, thankful that I, whenever I come across a new one that is just as good, but this is, this is really, really, I, I sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but it really is an excellent book. It is, <laughs> it, it does. I it really hits a lot of things it. I enjoy. It's a, it's a fantasy style book. It's got humor. It's got heart. It's got some kind of te- a little like techie type stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got uh, super cute animal monsters um, who are a little sassy and like it's, I, it hits, it hits all the right notes for me, you know? So uh, I'm, I am more, more than in, on this I do love the sass. <laughs> uh, there's there is plenty of sass in this book. So uh, if that if that sounds up your alley, definitely go check out "By the Horns" from Scout Comics. And uh, when when it starts up again, I guess I'll have to I'll have to hit up Jason and get him on the show. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he'd love to do it. Up, and then uh, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, uh, anytime. Thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, chatting about all this awesome stuff with me. Uh, if people don't know. Let them know now where they can find you online. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I can't believe it's two hours already. It's crazy. Uh, But uh, folks can check out my website at marcasan.com. It's M-A-R-K-I-S-A-N. There's a lot of stuff on there about me with links to sample pages of my comics. There's a newsletter. Uh, We have a free eight-page horror story that I, I did on there with Jason um, plus, I have a store where you can, you know, purchase signed copies of the books. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my name on there is Darth San. You know, if Twitter's still around by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm Darth Marcuson. Um, If you want to stay in the know about By the Horns, you can follow us on social media. Uh, the book's handle is By the Horns Comic on all platforms: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm one of the hosts on the Metalheads podcast, like I mentioned earlier. Um, The boys and I talk about news, new releases. We interview metal musicians every month. Um, We also do fun segments. Um, Like Don mentioned, we do top five lists. We do Metal Thunderdome that pits two albums against each other. The cast is pretty long, um, but it's pretty fun. And uh, if you want to give that a spin, you can check it out on your favorite podcast app or just go to metalheadspodcast.com to play the episodes. And you can follow Metalheads on Twitter at metalheadspod. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at metalheadspodcast. And to make it easy for everybody, there will be links to all this in the show notes. Once again, Marcus, thank you so much. Thank you. I really had a blast. Me too, man. Me too. <laughs>